everyone. Thanks for tuning in. It's again Europe's Stories from a Union of Volunteers. Today with me, Paola, and today's guest is from Italy, Riccardo Rossi. Uh, he volunteered in Hungary just two months ago, and now he's joining us. So thank you again. Oh, you're welcome. Hello, everyone. How do you do? <laughs> okay, great. So let's directly jump in in our questions. So you are from Italy, we already said this, and you did volunteer in Hungary. So where exactly did you do your ESC? Yeah, so I was in Nirechasa, which is a city almost impronounceable if you are sober, I have to say that. It's really, really hard to do that. And it's on the total opposite part of Budapest. So if people just know about Budapest, it's on the opposite side, really, really close to Ukraine. A small city, but quite cozy. Okay, cool. And uh, like starting from the beginning, why did you decide to do an EC project? So first, I didn't plan to make an easy project, to be honest, because I was looking for some opportunities to make radio abroad, to, you know, expand my vision of radio, not just being stuck in Italy. And I found this opportunity in Nidechasa with Mustav FM, and they were making FM radio. And it's really important for me to be FM because I am a speaker for a web radio. So FM is the next step. Just talking about money is <laughs> the next step. So I was like, oh. Now I don't have to do any course and it's just FM curriculum. So let's try. And that's why I was in an ESC. Uh -huh. And when, you, when did you start your ESC project? I started last February. So yeah, last year. It was the 5th of February. Yeah. Nice. And uh, so it was one year long project. Yeah, 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 one year. And what did you do before it? Uh, before it, I was a radio speaker, I still am for nine years. And so I decided that, you know, to keep along with it. Yeah, wow, then it's a very professional experience and really helps you for your professional career, I guess. That's cool. So, I mean, the question, uh, why did you exactly choose this project already answers <laughs> it. <laughs> kind of, I mean, I can say it again, yeah. but it will be the same. We can try to use different yeah, yeah. words. <laughs> I see. Okay, cool. And uh, then you took the plane, I guess, to Hungary. Yes, I took the plane, not from my city, because we don't have the, 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 yeah, an airport there. So I had to go to Bologna. And then from Bologna, I went to Budapest. But I went one day before, you know, just to explore the city. And also because the train was in the morning. So I had to do that. And then I took the train three hours from Budapest, Nugati to Nirechasa. Long time. <laughs> oh, trust me, coming back was really, really harder. Ah, okay, yeah. so we will come back to this later then. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, what was your first impression when you arrived? Why it is so windy here? The wind was 35 kilometers per hour that day, I still remember. I wasn't able to go to the banks of the Danube because of the wind. I was stopped. But yeah, so with Budapest, my first impression was like, okay, it's stunning, like an amazing city, so beautiful, but so windy. And when I came to Nidechasa, it was like, okay, this city is rather small, it's cozy, but still so windy. All right. And uh, how was your accommodation and uh, who were the people you lived with? Okay, so I had actually two accommodations there. My first one was really cozy, really nice. I mean, both of them were nice. So the first one was rather small, let's say, because it was not so big, but... You had everything, like my room was nice. I had some problem with the bed because the bed was broken. And so 
they had to buy me a new bed, but the new bed was like really short. I mean, I'm really short because I'm one meter 73, so I'm not like this giant gargantuan guy, but that small, that bed was like for babies. So I was like, oh my God. And after that, I went to another flat because it was free from the other volunteer that came back. And that was the newest flat they had. It was really amazing with a balcony. I had the biggest room with the TV, with the pay TV. So I could see like everything, but in Italian, in Hungarian, in every language, Spanish, everything. I had this huge, really huge sofa bed. And it was really, really nice. Wow, that sounds amazing. I remember it from my EVS that I think the previous volunteers, they had a TV, like a very old and very big one. But then it got broken, so we didn't have any TV. But for me, it was okay, because if we wanted to uh, watch movies, then we did it on our laptops. And this was totally fine as well. But that sounds really, wow, nice. Yeah. Oh, the only minus of the first flat was that we didn't have the oven. But I mean, still, you can manage with that. And also the cooking space was a bit... A bit too small. I mean, for us Italians that we used to work with a lot of pans and pots. I imagine, yeah. How, how to make your pizza? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I couldn't. Like for the first half of the project, I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what about the other volunteers you lived with? I lived, okay, so in the first flat, I lived with two Siberians. So it was this guy from Krasnoyarsk and this girl from Novosibirsk. So I was, sur I was actually surrounded by Russian, by... For all the for all the year, so they were all around me. And uh, in the other flat, I was with the same Russian guy from Krasnoyarsk because he moved with me, and another French guy. I see. And so maybe like to come to the point, what did you actually uh, do in your volunteering project? So basically, we ran some radio shows. We had some radio shows in English regarding culture and experience the world, politics, and all this kind of stuff and also our own language programs. So I had my Italian one, and then we had a French one, a Russian one, and so on. So basically we came every morning, we went there, and you prepare your radio show because you have to write it down. It's a long process, yeah. So you just do that, and then you go recording. But the worst part of doing that is that being a podcast and not being on air, you have to cut your own program. And I know that you know the feeling about it. And cutting your voice is such a pain because I was always an on-air speaker. So I didn't have this burden like to cut. And it's so painful to cut. So guys, don't, don't cut. Trust me, don't do that. Just pay someone to do that. It's worth everything. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. And how many people did work in this radio station? Uh, unfortunately, we were just seven because of the COVID. We were supposed to be 11, but then COVID happened and we couldn't make people come to Hungary. It was really complicated. So in seven, we had to do the job of 11 people. So it was not volunteering, it was just really working. Yeah, so you went there in the morning at which time and when did you finish then, in, like normally? Okay, so at the beginning it was from 10 to five, like straight, yeah, five hours. and. But with the summer, you know, and given that we were also working really well and we were managing like to finish before the timetable, uh, we were working till four and on Fridays till two. So hard, hard work pays off. 
And uh, like, which else task uh, did you do? So you uh, record and you make, uh, you made the audio show. Uh, I mean, the, the radio show, but you didn't cut. But how about the um, advertisement and so on? Oh, we also did. Yeah, yeah, we were doing everything. So I mean, your program, your responsibility also to to make it on the broadcast and also to make some commercial publicity, everything. So like Instagram page. Facebook page and all this kind of stuff just by yourself mm -hmm. yeah and um, maybe it's interesting also for me but also for our listeners to check it out um, what is the name of it like can we find it in the internet yeah I mean like for my Italian one I made also the logo like everything the Instagram page like everything you can find it on Spotify on Anchor on every platform actually we have like 10 platforms with Mushtar and if you just go on Anchor and you Google um, Mushtar, you will find also the 10 platforms they are. So, and you will find all the programs from the previous volunteers before me and the new ones that just arrived. So you have quite a lot of programs, actually. That sounds great. So I think I will put the link in the show notes and then uh, you, can has, you can have also a look at it. Great. What did you like the most about working as a volunteer? Well, uh, let's say that was not working as a volunteer. It was like proper work. <laughs> I liked everything because it's my job, so I already knew what to do and everything. So it's the thing I love. So I love recording, I love talking, as you may have noticed. I love just being in front of a microphone and say something. It's really, really fun. Mm -hmm. And did you have also some uh, favorite uh, topics you talked about or was it just a very broad range of it? Uh, so let's say that actually I don't like too serious and heavy topics. Because I'm more an entertainer one. So I have always the honor to host comedy shows, funny shows, you know, this kind of stuff, like always with a smile. And when it happened, like there, you had to do everything. So imagine my face doing a, a politic program or speaking about wars and all this kind of stuff. I was like, oh, how can I make it funny? That was my biggest concern. And sometimes I managed But sometimes it was really, really a pain just to to, have to do something against your nature, let's say, like to be like super serious about super serious topics. It's really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And do you remember what was your first uh, like show you made? Oh, my first show. Okay, my first show was not a proper show. It was an interview. So people were the previous volunteers that were about to go were interviewing me. So that was my very first show. And other than that, my first show was an Italian one because I had to record Italian. I exactly don't remember how, what was about, probably about music, if I'm not mistaken. But moving on, there were also, I guess there were also some uh, challenges you had to overcome. Uh, what did, where are those challenges? Okay, first of all, there was COVID. I mean, it was the biggest challenge, but let's not talk about this. I mean, let's not put a sad face and all this kind of stuff. So let's talk like related to the volunteers' life. And I think that the biggest challenge we had in the radio itself was organizing everything. Because when you come to a project, as you may know, like some people come for some reasons and other for other reasons. And so you will find people that are pretty lazy, that don't want to work. And you, you cannot blame them. I mean, they're like enjoying it as a volunteer year, you know, like a gap year. You're living abroad, living a dream. 
and some other people that actually care about what they do. And it was among them. So sometimes you have to cover for the people that were not really willing to work. And, you know, you do it because you like it, but sometimes it's a bit, a bit of annoying. Yeah, so we had some, like, arguments about it, like, I mean, you don't work. Like, we should have done, like, three programs each per week. And sometimes I found myself with six or seven and people with one or two. So, yeah, sometimes it happens, but still, so far, so good. We managed. And I guess you were the only one who already had experience with radio? Or? Uh, yes, I was uh, the only yeah, one. Okay. Yeah, that, that year I was the only one. So, yeah, you were the professional <laughs> among them. <laughs> nice. And uh, relating to, I mean, your work or your life nowadays, what did you learn from these challenges? Okay, from these challenges, I learned that actually I can record in English because I've never thought about it before. I mean, you do this thing, this job in Italian for years, and you're like, you really don't think about another language that you speak. You can do the same and improve your listeners, you know, make them more because English is the language now. And never thought about it, uh, not even making podcasts, because it's really annoying making podcasts. <laughs> well, when <laughs> don't you're say this in a podcast. <laughs> oh, no, no, but I mean, doing them alone. Yeah. Not interviewing people. So I found myself in Italian. I was the only one doing the Italian podcast. And I was like, oh, God, I have to speak alone. Well, what is this? So, so you don't have also like the technicians. They are not there. So that's challenging. And I learned that I can do that. So like professionally speaking is really good. And I learned also how to organize myself better. That's true, because I had to organize more work for like, also like in the programs, if you choose the topic, you are the one that gives the hints. And so you have to be the, the one really organized. And also when I'm in Italy, I'm not the host. I am, in Italy we call the shoulder. So the partner in crime. So I'll, sometimes there I have to be the real host. So I also learned how to do that. And it's pretty cool actually. All right, so let's imagine you're at dinner with some friends of yours and, you know, everyone is telling a funny story and they are interested in hearing your funny stories from your volunteering experience. So what is the craziest story you would tell them? Okay, I have one story and, oh my God, if I, if I remember the, oh my God, I, I just say, oh my God, and I think you will, you will say the same after the story. So it was summer and we decided to go to Budapest for two days and to stop before in Vereb. Vereb is a small city of 800 people there. Yeah, I think I have been there also. Why? <laughs> there is no reason to go there. I, I think I was visiting another volunteer, but I don't remember. That, that's what we've done, yeah. basically, yes. <laughs> so we, we shared the same trip. We went to Vereb and we were sleeping in a yurta, full of mosquitoes, bees, everything is super hot. So first, dear listeners, don't ever sleep in a yurta during summer. It's the last thing you want to do. Trust me. Just trust my voice. Don't do that. So we went there and then we decided the other days to go to Budapest. And we didn't book anything. We were just like, okay, so let's say, let's see what happens. And then if not, we go back to, to Vereb and sleep in the yurta again and then come back to Nidhichasa. It was me and my Russian flatmate. 
the one from Krasnoyarsk. So we went to the Yurta the first night, it was totally fine. We went to Budapest and then we spent all the day there. It was really an amazing day, even though it was 36 degrees. It was no way. And we decided to have dinner in a Georgian restaurant. So the food was amazing and we just lost the track of time. And it was seven. And I was like, so Andre, at what time is the bus? Because he was speaking Hungarian, so he was just like, okay, you are the man. Like in every situation there, you are the man. And it was like, oh, the bus is in half an hour. We can catch it, like no problem. And then we realized that it was Sunday and the bus were not running. So we tried with taxis, but the taxis were so expensive, like 20,000 to go to Verum. And we were like, okay, we have to find a hostel and sleep here. So we managed to find one hostel and the adventure in that hostel was terrible. Terrible because we went there, it was full of junkies, drunk people, and not, not a safe place. And the owner was entering the rooms in underwear, just like, why not? I mean, so we decided that maybe was not the best solution to sleep there. So, okay, we, we paid for the night and then we left. But the thing is that it was half past midnight and the only hotel that was open nearby was a five-star hotel. And so we had to make the fancy night <laughs> and we spent a lot of money for one room for one night. And then the, the morning after, we just decided to go back to Nirechasa. It was safer because, okay, this is an unlucky trip. So I went to the train and my flatmate just bought the ticket, went into the train with me and was like, no, I will go back to Vedab to say goodbye to the friend. I, I don't want to go like this way. And I was like, are you crazy? Like the train is leaving in five minutes. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he left and went to Vedab. And I have to say it was pretty smart because the train broke and we spent 40 minutes in the middle of nowhere between Debrecen and Nirechasa in the... 36 degrees, no air conditioning, nothing under the sun. It was terrible. And then I managed to go back to Nidechasa safe and sound. Finally. But, <laughs> yeah. That was pretty journey. Oh, yeah. Long Odyssey, you can call it. Wow. Crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, Ulysses to go back to Ithaca spent less time. That's for sure. All right. And um, so two months ago, you came back to Italy. In the, in the beginning, you said that it was also quite a long journey. What happened? <laughs> so first of all, well, like, dear listener, don't travel with me. I'm pretty unlucky. So <laughs> if you know me, don't, don't go with me. So I had to go back to Italy. And the only flight I could actually buy was from Budapest to Amsterdam and Amsterdam-Milan. And let's say also that Milan is five hours from my place by train. So I had to make all the tests for the COVID test. So I went there and my mentor was like, okay, so don't worry because they already have your data because I had to remove my wisdom tooth there. So they have your data there in the clinic. You just go there and everything will be fine. There is, there is one that speaks English today. So the test will be just a piece of cake. Well, of course, no, because there was no English speaker there. So I had to make myself understandable in my like basic Hungarian. It was like really awful, but 
I managed to get the test. And then I had to print it out, like to print out every result. But it was Saturday and near the Chasa on the weekends, everything is closed. So I had to wake up in the morning, go to Debrecen, and then print everything in Debrecen. Then from Debrecen, go to Budapest. My flight was at six and a half in the morning. So I stayed to a friend and then I went to the airport and I saw that we were just a few people, like five people in the terminal. And why five? Because they didn't communicate that the terminal was closed and was in the other part of the airport. So I had to go there to run there. And then now if you want a flight, you don't have, you cannot check in on, online. You have to check in there. So there is one person that checks if you have the vaccines or you have the tests and everything. So while I was standing in line, came this girl from the airport and was like, okay, so do you have the test to enter Amsterdam? I was like, yes, I have, because I just had to make one test. And she was like, okay, and what about the quick test? And I was like, that was not written in the email. She was like, hey, yes, I know, but the, everything changed two hours ago. So now you have to make the quick test. So all my plane just went to make the quick test. And finally, I managed to arrive in Amsterdam. Then from Amsterdam, I managed to arrive in Milan. And then from Milan, it was, I stayed two, two days in Milan from a friend of mine just to recharge from all the trip. And then I came back by train to Civitanova. It was, yeah, quite an odyssey itself, but that test like out of the blue was like, oh my God. And everything was like with a smartphone. And thank God it was charged because otherwise I would have lost it. Yeah, uh, crazy, crazy. All right, thanks for sharing. And since we are slowly coming uh, to the end of today's episode, let's make some quick uh, questions. How would you describe your volunteering project in just one word? Okay, just one word. Yeah. I don't want to be mainstream and say amazing. So I will say Mindenyo for Hungarians. Very good. It means uh, everything is good. Huh? So <laughs> for our listeners who don't speak Hungarian, that's cool. I mean, uh, it's two words, but anyway, it's going to be fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, we can touch. Because actually what I was planning to say was Shoproni. So let, let's stick with Mindenyo. <laughs> And what is the one thing you miss from volunteering? The connection I made there. All the locals, and I'm still in touch with them. We still speak, we Skype, we Zoom, and it's really good. But still, it's not like having them in flesh. Because all the dinners we made, the lunches, the trips, it was really good. So I miss the people from there. Yeah, definitely. Mm, so let's hope we will soon... Uh be able again to uh, visit our Erasmus and ESC friends. <laughs> okay, and what does solidarity mean to you? Okay, uh, I will not say some words, but I will tell a story about solidarity because I think it's better. Uh, one friend of us was supposed to come back to Italy, but she couldn't because of COVID. It was just uh, the first time that COVID was appearing. So it was all a mess, all of us, and she had to stay in Hungary because she couldn't fly back. And of course, there were no fundings for her, so the project couldn't pay her. But the radio was nice enough to not sell the flat and just let us stay in the flat without paying, and they were paying for it. And we were hosting her because she was left with no money. So we were hosting her, you know, with excuses like, come on, let's have dinner with us. So basically for two months, we invited her for dinner and lunch every time. 
And then when she came back, she just delivered us a lot of food from Italy and we were so happy about this. So I think that's the best example I can give you of solidarity. And our last question, what song or which song represents volunteering for you and why? Oh, that song is really, really, okay, this is a harsh moment for me because the song that represents my volunteering, being surrounded by Russians, is unfortunately Felicita from Albano. And it's really harsh for me to say that. I'm almost crying because it's really a crappy song. But still, they love it. And they were playing it every time. Every time, we're like, Ricardo, you're Italian, sing it with me, come on. And I was like, no, please, no, don't do that. So, yeah, unfortunately, I have to say Felicita. Okay, all right. So I will put this in our playlist. Oh, no, 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 don't put it in the playlist. Don't do that. Don't, poor, poor listeners. I mean, we have to know it, that we know that in the future we won't listen to it. So. Okay, so disclaimer, <laughs> I take no responsibilities about what you're going to listen <laughs> Like, and every problems that you may have with your ears is none of my business. <laughs> All right. So, uh, dear listeners, you can also leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, you can comment on the song, <laughs> how much harm we've done to you. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, but uh, for closing this episode, thank you again, Ricardo, uh, for having this uh, interview with me today. Thank you uh, for listening, dear listeners. And yeah, I mean, with this, we can say goodbye. Yeah, see you, Stoke. Goodbye. <laughs> bye bye.